1: Foss Corporation LLC
0: We found this really beautiful old English manor. And when I walked in, I just fell in love with it. And I I wanted I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing. And it was really beautiful. And immediately when I walked into the master bedroom. I felt there was something off. It really did just get extremely, just a cold. It's almost like the room is 15 degrees cooler than the rest of the house. And your hair, you know, stands up on your arm and the back of your neck. And it was was a little freaky. A couple days later, my friends helped me prep all of my vegetables and everything for Thanksgiving we're hanging out and we hear a knock at the door and I also hear a woman's voice saying hello Hello. and I, I literally was like oh there's someone at the door so my friend went to go get it and I continued chopping and doing my thing and then she comes back a couple seconds later and she's like there was nobody there And then that's when the radio blasted on. And we're both a little startled because we're like, where is that coming from? And it was coming from upstairs in my master bedroom. And I open the door and the music is blasting. So loud. And I walk over to the radio, which I don't really want to do. Turn it off and... Beelined out of the room as fast as I could. I was like, okay, cool, done, awesome. He has an alarm on his radio, and that sucks because it scared me. So the next day, it's it's Thanksgiving Day, and he's, you know, finishing up his stuff. And I go up there and I'm and I'm talking to him, and I'm like, hey, so. You know, last night I was doing some cooking and stuff and the alarm on your radio went off at like eight o'clock at night. And he's like, I don't have an alarm on my radio. He's like, Laura, I think I know why that might have happened. I don't want to freak you out. There's an old woman in your bedroom. And I literally just... I couldn't believe it. I was really scared. Thanksgiving dinner, everybody starts showing up. All my friends, brand new house, they're all looking around. Two of my friends are like, oh, we want to go check around upstairs. And I run to the stairs, and the two of them come running down the stairs. They're like, oh my god, Laura, you're not going to believe what we just saw. We walked into your bedroom, and we saw an old woman. And I literally like went pale and I'm just like, oh my God. And my friend was like, listen, I'm going to call my mother. And I'm like, wait, why are you going to call your mother? She's like, listen, my mother has experience with this stuff. Let me just call her. And meanwhile, I've never experienced anything like this before. So I'm just like, okay, fine. Call your mother. And she said, okay, I'm going to need you to go back up to your room. And I'm looking around and then she says, okay, is there a little room off to the left and I my attention goes right to the French doors into the sunroom and I'm like yes and she said okay very calm she's like okay she's in there I saw her and we're like oh my god we scream and freak out run out of the room (laughs) Hi, this is uh, Sharon Clark,
1: author of Voice in the Dark, lead paranormal investigator for Voices in the Dark,
0: and you're listening to the Real Paranormal Activity Podcast with my dear friend, Aaron Hunter.
1: Welcome. I'm Aaron Hunter, purveyor of paranormal stories, the occult and the unexplained. Welcome to RPA. I hope you enjoy your stay. Hey guys, Aaron here, and it is Monday, March 21st, 2022. How is everyone out there around the world doing? And as always, glad to be back in the hot seat. And, man, it's raining. It's going to be raining all this week. Yeah, little showers, but at least it's not snowing. That's good. It's going to be in the 50s, 40s, that sort of thing. So, yeah, spring is slowly getting there. I'm not too worried about it. And other than that, as far as announcements are concerned, tomorrow's Tuesday and a new episode of Aaron's Heart Show will be released. But this Wednesday... There will not be a new episode of Terry's Mysterious Moments. He's taking the week off. He'll be back next week. And with that, yeah, everything's going nice and smooth. Not too much more to report. Except for this Friday, as most of you know, I'll be releasing a new entertaining short film. So don't miss out on that. And with that, you know what that means. Come on, let's get the show on the road. Call me right this way. No pushing, no shoving. And we're at the story then. And the fires are going and it's nice and toasty. Grab a beanbag over there in the corner, find an empty spot on the floor, and as usual... Get behind my desk. I'll get nice and comfy and I'm printed off Britt's packet. Let's see what she sent us today. Okay. Wow. Well, we got a, a short one, a medium-sized one, and a long one. Okay. Let me take a of my green tea, wet the whistle real quick. Mm-hmm. Oh man, so good when it hits the lips. Alright. The first one. This one is by Pounds, and it's titled, Grandma. Okay, Pounds, let's see what you got, man. My beloved father died in 1987 of cancer. On October 5th, 1989, Daddy's mother, the best grandmother ever, died in her home. I was stationed in Homestead, Florida, working as a government employee slash Air Force reservist, and got the phone call of her death from my mom. That Christmas, I flew home to California to spend time with the family. My grandmother's apartment had been built above the garage at my aunt and uncle's home in San Bernardino, California. When we got to my aunt and uncle's, and after saying hi to family members, I made a beeline for grandma's apartment. As I climbed the stairs and opened the sliding glass door, I remembered that she had died just inside the glass door. She had gotten out to let her dogs out in the morning, and my aunt, who would always come up in the morning, found her. As I looked around her apartment, I noticed that some of my cousins had removed certain pieces of furniture. She was quite musical and had a beautiful organ that we all learned to play, and it was gone. But her dining room table was still there, and so were her playing cards. She could sit for hours and play solitaire, but if she was not winning... She would shuffle the cards and would always win. I was in tears as I sat down and picked up the cards and started to play solitaire. As I sat there in such sadness, I felt a hand on my shoulder. I reached back and patted the hand and smiled. With that touch, I immediately felt better and peaceful. I don't know if it was grandma or daddy that was reassuring me that everything was okay, but that is what the touch felt like. I was still very sad, but knew that they were still with me. Later on that day, I went to the gravesite and sat and told her thanks for reassuring me and told Daddy I said hi. Love the podcast. And that was from Pounds, Pounds. Man, great story. Good feel-good story. Yeah, we get these every once in a while. Um, It's kind of nice that you felt a hand on the shoulder. Wasn't sure which loved one it was, but you felt more peaceful after that. So yeah, it's a good thing. Yeah, thank you very much for sharing. Great story. Loved it. Alright, what's next? This one is by J.D., and it's titled Williamsburg. Okay, J.D., let's see what you got, man. Williamsburg, Virginia is perhaps the most historic location in the entire continental United States of America. It is where our nation was born and where life began. Some of the buildings that are constructed hundreds of years ago still stand, and they still contain the energy of those hundreds of years of life that they endured. When you visit Williamsburg, you are immersed in the culture and time that the first Americans lived in. However, Williamsburg does have a somewhat mysterious and dark side, according to the multitude of discoveries made by archaeologists over the years. The area that Colonial Williamsburg itself sits on is part of several Native American burial grounds. As most paranormal researchers and investigators are aware, when buildings are constructed upon burial grounds, the energy that was laying dormant for several years is, in a sense, brought back to life. In most literature, a building on burial grounds is viewed as desecration and is said to highly upset spirits. There are several theories as to why Colonial Williamsburg is so haunted to begin with. There are several internet sites that give information in regards to theories and things of that nature, and they are easily accessible. I will spare the details and get into telling my story. In August of 2015, my paranormal group, Nighttime Paranormal, conducted a four-day investigation of Colonial Williamsburg. I had always wanted to investigate Williamsburg because of the ghost stories I heard and the videos I watched about the ghost tours. I also love history, and Williamsburg has more history than anywhere in the U.S. The evidence we captured was by far the most compelling and shocking evidence as we have ever captured as a group. The main locations we investigated were the Peyton Randolph House and the Edgewood Plantation. As my group knows, those are my two most favorite places in the entire area, from the time we arrived to the time we pulled out of the parking lot. The Peyton Randolph house was alive with activity. We heard countless knocks, bangs, footsteps, sounds of heavy objects being dragged along the floor. We also witnessed several light anomalies and mists. We also captured some of the best Class A EVPs and disembodied voices I have ever heard in my life. However, our most chilling piece of evidence was the full-bodied apparition pushing a chair to the floor. I can recall sitting at HQ watching the figure, which was so black I could see it in the darkness, walk across the room and knock over the chair. It was the first time I was completely speechless. I had a more personal encounter at Edgewood. I'll give a brief description. I cannot recall which room it was, but I was in one of the rooms and almost quiet. I turned on my SB7 spirit box and out of it came a torrent of voices. The only words I could make out were gun, help, flower, and west. I still questioned why those words were significant. After hearing those words, I decided to go a different route and just use my body to communicate. I sat on the floor and told the spirits to do what they wanted in order to communicate. After several minutes, I was startled by an ice-cold hand gripping my upper arm and pulling on me. What startled me the most was the hand was ice-cold. I felt the air around me drop in temperature instantly, and as much as I wanted to get up and run, I held my ground and waited for the spirit to leave. Thank you for reading. And man, that was from uh, J.D., yeah, JD, thank you very much for sharing that That's, uh, yeah, this is um, As you guys know, or well You new timers, or your old timers know I uh, I don't go on investigations I, you know, I just, uh, I'm an academic i rather just research and, and Listen to your guys' accounts Of when you guys are out there Yeah, you know, the whole attachment thing I don't like that idea of something falling back And other things that can happen So, I just let you guys go out there <laughs> And I'll read your story Yeah, pretty cool stuff I don't know if I would have challenged whatever was there to communicate to me by just my body. You know, it's one thing to be walking around with a digital recorder asking questions and playing it back, but, you know, sitting in the dark and just saying, okay, come get me. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I would do that, but it's pretty cool stuff. Yeah, JD, thank you very much for sharing. Good story. All right. Yeah, no way. Never. Not going on investigations. (laughs) With my luck, jeez, you know, I'll find something bad. (laughs) All right. What's next? What do we got? Okay. This one is by Traveler, and it's titled A Trip to Italy. Okay, Traveler. Let's see what you got, man. Greetings from Turkey. I love your podcast and try to listen to every episode. Well, thank you. I describe myself as a researcher and paranormal in my capacity and having not much psychic ability. I had very vivid and detailed memories of my life starting from my birth and had witnessed enough paranormal experiences, especially after my father's death in 2012. Those paranormal experiences were generally peaceful and resembled much of the ones you have been portraying in your podcast episodes. But the one I would explain in detail here is a very unique one. It has got extraordinary features, though it was also a comforting and peaceful experience. It was one of our regular journeys to Europe, but this time we preferred a late period of the year, such as October, to avoid tourist crowds and enjoy the tranquility. I made an early reservation to a hotel at the Leic Province in southern Italy. My wife and I planned to spend five days in Leek province and then go to the coast for a couple of more days to explore the beauties of this popular holiday destination. As the timing of our journey was after the chaotic tourism season in Italy, the hotel we checked in and the touristic town center were very quiet. Our plan was to set out early in the morning and pay visits to surrounding tourist destinations around the Leek region on daily basis and return late at night to our hotel. We started the day early in the morning and traveled as much as we could with our Renault car. The breakfast was served in the restaurant section of the hotel, and I would have to say that it was just an amazing combination of breakfast food including fresh chocolate, croissants, and a real Italian coffee prepared at a barista section just before the entrance of the restaurant room. The only downside of the breakfast was the hot spring cooker egg boiling machine which you had to wait a couple minutes and serve your own stuff. The hotel was so empty that the only person we met at the breakfast was a single old man in his early 70s. During the second day of our stay, we were able to chat for a little bit with this old man and learn that he was from England and the purpose of his stay was similar with ours, to visit and explore the touristic attractions of the Leek region. It was an interesting coincidence to have this British man accompany us during the breakfast time every morning, but considering that he also had a busy daily travel schedule to fulfill, it was understandable to a certain degree for this coincidence. It was the morning of our fourth day at the hotel, and together with my wife, we again started our day with the delicious Italian breakfast. And we were the only ones at that restaurant section. To our luck this time, we had not have to wait for our eggs to be boiled at the machine since two boiled eggs were already waiting for us at the deep of the boiling tank. After we had collected the food stuff from the buffet, I went outside the restaurant room to the bistro to get our cup of coffees. While waiting for the coffee to be prepared at the bistro, at the far opposite side of the corridor, I saw the old British man approaching towards me along the hallway. To my surprise, this time he was not alone and a lady was walking next to him. First, I thought she was someone staying at the hotel and she would walk outside through the main entrance of the hotel or come join us for breakfast, but the lady was walking so close to him that they just looked like a couple from an outsider's eyes. As far as I know, the British man was staying alone and we knew no one around who is familiar with him to you know, walk side-by-side side as if they had some sort of companionship. I could not hold myself, and to satisfy my curiosity, I again turned my head towards them and checked whether the lady had chosen the exit door or separated from the British man. The answer is no. They kept walking together and almost approaching the place where I was waiting for the coffee. I looked at the corner of my eye to the lady to understand more about her attributes. She was tall, although not as much as the British man, and looked like at a similar age of him. I generally do not describe myself a curious man, and most of the time I even do not pay attention to the people around me. But, on this occasion, I was not able to restrain my interest with an unknown urge. Maybe the source of my curiosity was due to the conflicting portrait of the old British man, whom I accepted as traveling alone, and at that very moment had a companion. Although he was acting indifferent to her, that led me to look at the couple one last time after they passed by behind me, to see whether they would enter the restaurant together. Yes, they did, side by side. Now, I was 100% sure of their companionship. I subsided my curiosity, waited a little more time for the coffee to be ready, and then returned back to my table. Maybe it was because I blamed myself for the excessive curiosity which led to the feeling of guilt. I do not turn my eyes to the British man inside the restaurant anymore, and after we finished our breakfast, I noticed that my wife and I were the last customers leaving the room. I returned to my normal self. The British man nor his companion were not any of my concerns during the whole day, until my wife mentioned about her embarrassment concerning an event related to the breakfast time. She started to explain. You recall the two boiled eggs we found ready this morning? Turns out they belonged to the British man. He came to look for them in the boiling machine later. She continued to explain he had put them in the boiling tank and left the room before we entered the restaurant for breakfast. Anyway, he just laughed and made fun of this occasion after learning that we had taken his eggs. I kept my indifference about learning about the incident that my wife explained and just made a comment. "Eh, The two eggs, yes. They are a couple, and they needed two eggs. Just as I finished my comment, my wife turned to me with a weird expression on her face and responded, "Uh, What are you talking about? What couple? I said, only the British man. At that moment, I felt obligated to respond with a more detailed explanation and told her, You know... We had thought that he was a lonely customer staying at the hotel, but, as you saw this morning at the breakfast time, he was with a companion, and they entered the room together. As soon as I made my explanation, my wife's voice changed and responded to me, No, you must be joking. I saw the moment the British man entered the room, he was alone, and had his breakfast unaccompanied at his table. The eggs belonged to him, and he ate them both. I did not make a comment or an objection anymore. The situation had become clear. From that moment on, the incident turned into a very outstanding paranormal experience for me. What is left from my perspective was to confront the British man about the incident and ask for his verification. It was the fifth and the last day of our stay at the hotel and as usual we started our day with the breakfast and as you may guess together with the British man again. This time we chatted more about his purpose of travel, and furthermore about his future plans in Italy. We learned that his wife passed away a couple of years ago, and he decided to settle in a small town called Ursina in southern Italy to spend the rest of his retirement period. From the starting moment of our chat, I had intentions of bringing up the day before and asking him about the occurrence I witnessed. But somehow, partly due to my shyness, and on the other hand, the potential reaction of him to such weird hypothesis, uh, kept me from being straightforward. I couldn't muster the courage to ask him the magic question. After breakfast, we went back to our room and packed our luggage, completed the checkout procedure at the front desk. Then we went to our car. I would not call it as to my surprise, as the fate plays out its scenario again, We ran into the old British man at the parking lot before leaving the hotel. This time I wouldn't let it go. Strongly determined, I approached him and asked him about his thoughts regarding the incident I witnessed yesterday, and I did. He listened to the detailed explanation of the occurrences without interruption to the end and showed no sign of surprise or disbelief. After I finished my story and asked him whether he had seen anyone walking beside him at the hallway, To the breakfast room, he said, quote, "...definitely not. There was no one walking beside me along the hallway." And he continued the conversation by asking me a question. "...the lady you saw beside me, was she tall or short?" To which I responded, "...she was quite tall." Then he answered, "...my wife was short in height. If she was tall, she must have been my mother." She had a habit of following me wherever I went when she was alive. I was relieved by his clarification, but he kept the conversation going and he continued to explain an incident that had happened a couple of years ago. The incident he explained was as follows. I was devastated as a result of so many things that had gone wrong and found myself at the Tower Bridge in London. I walked through the bridge and at some point I stopped and came closer to the side of the safety fence and started looking down the river. I was mentally ruined, but did not have any intention of committing suicide, such as jumping to the river from the bridge. While I was gazing at the flowing of the river, suddenly I felt a hand of someone on my shoulder shaking me softly as if the intention was to subside my unrest and comfort me. As I abruptly turned my head to see who was the person that touched my shoulder, Astonishingly, I saw nobody behind me, and moreover, there were no bypassers around me. At this moment, I understood that I was not alone through my life adventure, especially at difficult times, and was being watched over by unseen beings. After a couple of minutes of chatting, we said goodbye to each other and departed the hotel. While traveling to our second destination, I discussed together with my wife about the experience and tried to clarify the reasons under that mystical real-life story. It was clear that the target of the whole coincidence of events were the old British man, and the reason behind the whole story was to convey a clear message that he was not alone in his new adventure of starting a new life in Italy. From my point of view, it would not have been possible to convey this message to the British man without my presence. Only a person who is an expert in paranormal fields could understand and deliver the message to the targeted individual. It was an extraordinary and peaceful experience for me and a comforting one for the British man. I learned throughout my life journey that the difference between a believer and skeptic is personal experience. American author Emma Bull wrote, Coincidence is the word we use when we can't see the levers and pulleys. Inside the extraordinary experience that I witnessed and tried to explain to you, I was able to see the unseen with the help of a divine organization from the other side, just to give a clear, comforting message to an old man who was feeling lonely in life. I hope my story will be an inspiring one for your listeners as well. Before I conclude, I want to give another detail about my story. After we had finished the second leg of our journey on the coast and headed back to the airport for our return flight back to home, we passed through the town Aserna. We had not planned to go through Aserna on purpose beforehand. This town was just a natural milestone on our route to reach Bari. But it looked like that the legacy of the British man was still haunting us. Best of luck on your amazing show. Keep touching the hearts of your listeners and that was by Traveler Traveler oh wow man thank you very much for sharing that great story it's interesting that this is one of those um, I think I recently read a story from another listener that um, there was a slumber party and these girls were at you know uh, one of their friends' house and there was only two of them that could see this little child running around at night but no one else ever saw it and so here you are your wife didn't see this tall woman walking next to the British man and uh, yeah, uh the British man didn't see it but you did interesting stuff I always wonder why that happens where only certain people can see these things and you know, other people can't yeah that's a great story really interesting stuff yeah thank you very much for sharing and well that is it guys that's all that's in the bir- uh, birch packet And as always, thank you very much for uh, coming to visit the RPA Network. And I hope you guys are enjoying your stay, finding some things you might like. And, um, yeah, we couldn't have done it without you guys. Uh, We're just flattered that you come and visit throughout the week and find something, hopefully, that you like to listen to or watch. And as always, if you don't have the free RPA app, just go to your app store, do a search for Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast, and download it for free today. The icon will be our iconic aqua blue eye. And so you'll know it's us Fully capable And with that I am calling it The show's been produced By myself and Britton And it's also made possible By Foss Corporation And man We love you Oh yeah We do As always Thank you And Good night